0: Hi, everyone, and welcome to the Healthy Marriage Podcast, a podcast aimed at strengthening the most important asset of all families, the marriage. My name is Dr. Corey Gilbert, an author, university professor, licensed professional counselor, a life coach and researcher, and speaker on topics such as gender abuse, sexual ethics, trauma, and sexuality issues today. I will be your host. In this podcast, we will focus on strengthening marriages, encouraging families, and tools for practical living such as how to have hard conversations with my kids about hard subject matters. I will demonstrate many of these with my own children via these podcasts. We are sponsored by the Healthy Marriage Inner Circle, a community of families, parents, and leaders that want to strengthen the family, and it all starts with marriages. Join in on the conversation in our free Facebook group at facebook.com groups slash the healthy marriage. Now let's get into this week's episode. Hey there, this is Dr. Corey Gilbert, and welcome to the Healthy Marriage Podcast, and today we're going to dive into Addressing Past Trauma, an excerpt from my book, I Can't Say That, and you can order that at ICan'tSayThat.com or on Amazon or Barnes & Noble. Um, So this week is Addressing Past Trauma. Earlier, we discussed the impact trauma has on us and how shame devolves into hate or contempt and how this is a path of death. Right now, I want you to focus on your child. This gift from God is someone you are to protect at all costs. No harm should ever befall them. Is this a reality you can truly enforce? No, it is not. It's a setup for failure. Most parents believe that their child is free of sexual thoughts, and if they can just keep them from being exposed to something, they will be protected. However, in my counseling experience, I see over and over that the child who was protected sought out pornography or they began experimenting sexually with their friends or siblings and now border on being labeled as a perpetrator. This is avoidable. You must, be, must prepare your children for the real world. As you have seen throughout this book, I believe that most parents err on the side of too little too late. We must be preemptive. The statistics on exposure to pornography and engagement in first sexual experiences ought to terrify us. This feeling ought to propel us to begin hard conversations and protect them by preparing them. It is wise and good to attempt to protect your children while they are in your home and in your presence. The reality, though, is that they are going to leave your presence. It is then that I see what parents have attempted to do as a protection ends up backfiring as their child is not prepared When they are confronted with potential danger when your child leaves home and goes to preschool are they prepared for the realities they will face those with different views different beliefs gender issues bullying and more when your child joins that sports team are they prepared for the locker room talk comparison and not being the best whether your child is in a private public or homeschool setting these conversations matter Many of the stories I hear are of abuse and lines that were crossed at a church camp or at a fellow Christian's home with their protected kids. Anyone and everyone can become curious, but that curiosity needs guidance. An excellent resource for you to consider is Dr. Peter Levine's book, Trauma-Proofing Your Kids. So let's look right now at building resilience. Dr. Peter Levine suggests that trauma is magnified in a person by the level of shutdown and a terrifying experience. We know that babies are affected by traumatic events, such as a lack of love, touch, safety, and nourishment, etc. This trauma is stored, even trapped, in the body. It lives there throughout a lifetime. Learning to minimize its power and effect is what is called trauma-proofing. This can be accomplished by building resilience in our children from an early age, even as young as infancy. The recipe for building resilience is the level of know-how to fight or flee rather than freezing. Fighting and fleeing expend the adrenaline and physical energy pent up in response to a threat or potential trauma, regardless of our age. Freezing is a survival mechanism that leads us through the experience, but that energy remains pent up inside our physical body. This energy penetrates throughout our bodies, which is manifested in physical and mental health difficulties throughout our lives. So what is building resilience? This is your child's ability to rebound after something activates the fight, flight, or freeze mechanism. Think of an event, whether it is an actual threat or a perceived one, as knocking your child off balance. Their equilibrium is lost. The quicker that they can return to their baseline, the better off they will be. The goal is to learn this process for yourself. To find yourself able to respond in an event with ease and without excessive reaction is an empowering feeling. Not everyone will get to this point, but the goal is to be more self-aware as to how you respond. Seeing that no matter how freaked out you get, your body always calms down eventually can make the worst of a situation tolerable because you know that you will naturally calm down in a moment or two. This is powerful. When we learn this as adults, it is powerful. For our children to get this at a young age is empowering and freeing for them. Think about it this way. Your nervous system is always communicating to your child's nervous system. That sounds weird, doesn't it? What happens, though, when your child falls? They tend to look to you as to how they should react. If you freak out, they freak out. If you are calm, they are more likely to be calm or to get there more quickly. Many parents make small issues huge by their reaction, or better said, their overreaction. It is one thing to be able to eventually calm yourself. It is another one to know how to experience something uncomfortable and not let it get the best of you. A concept that I love from Dr. Levine as well as other authors on healing trauma, is that of the felt sense. We have thoughts and feelings about a situation. We also have physical sensations with each experience. Putting words to these physical reactions can be powerful, empowering, and freeing. You may freak out, but choose to not overreact. You may feel something, but, based on your physical sensations, reinterpret what you felt. You can think something and Based on your physical sensations, change your relationship with the event itself. This is powerful stuff. Building resilience in your children includes a calming presence from us as their caregivers. They are looking to us for our reactions, and they in turn react to us almost intuitively. Our brains are complex and include the ability to feel, think, and use the felt sense in a way that better informs our bodies as to the reality of an event. This allows us to regain equilibrium more quickly or maintain control in face of potential threats, hurt, fear, or pain. So what to do in the face of potential harm? Some examples here. Jenny finds herself stressing out over an upcoming test. She quickly remembers though that she has a choice as to how much she lets this train run away in her head. She assesses the worst case scenarios notices her body's sensations, and considers her thoughts and feelings. She sees her reaction as valid due to the lack of time she spent studying. She recognizes that the speed of her heart rate is an overreaction and that catastrophizing it is unhelpful. Almost immediately, she finds her physical body calming down. She has averted a panic attack, similar to dozens of others she used to have over everything around her. She has learned to be resilient. She has learned to stay inquisitive and curious about her responses rather than overreacting and adding fuel to the fire, which only encouraged a full-blown panic response in the past. Ken is a police officer who has found himself in some tough moments where fear and panic began to enter his system. He has learned how to respond. He begins by noticing his body and its reactions first. He then assesses the situation as to the validity of his initial reaction to the potential threat, Is it real or only perceived? He then reassesses his physical reactions, and if they are unnecessary, finds himself calming down quickly. However, if they are valid, he finds himself able to shift in his reaction towards the situation and respond appropriately rather than having his physiology take over. This is resilience. He maintains control more often than not. He can think more clearly in those moments he finds himself more calm in the face of danger, whether real or not. What do we do for our children? We can help them tap into this innate ability. We are wired to respond to danger. We also have the ability to perform under stress. The key as parents, ironically, is to allow situations in your child's life to occur so that you can coach them through a response. Some of these will be after the effect, having less impact, but still helping them learn. Some, though, we can catch as they happen and have a powerful, teachable moment. The goal is that our children learn they have more choices than they realize when it feels like their bodies or their brains are being hijacked and they feel out of control. This does not have to be the default. Success breeds success. The next time they can find control and quickly choose well in less time. Listening and paying attention to physical sensations is a critical skill. Our reactions as caregivers are paramount for their success. Helping your child put language to their experiences, feelings, and physical reactions is empowering. Rest is critical. Providing a safe place to process their reactions after the fact becomes a learning experience. Giving your child the space and freedom to feel is priceless. An effective tool for children and teens who have experienced trauma is the intentional use of play. They are able to process what they've experienced by playing it out. This can be done via art, music, toys, games, etc. You may be able to use these tools as a parent to draw out their feelings and reactions to a situation. As I mentioned earlier in in this, um, one approach that we took with our children when they were young was to talk with them after they had been with a babysitter. We would ask them if their babysitter had touched them in their private areas or asked them to do anything that they thought was weird. We were not necessarily expecting an honest response as those experiences often bring on shame and silence. We were looking for a different physical reaction to the question than the baseline of the other 30 times that we asked. We also communicated to our sitters that we always ask these questions so that they would not feel singled out and also to hopefully prevent anything from ever happening. We attempted to pay attention to whether they paused, averted their eyes, or squirmed in coming up with a response. This is a technique you might want to use yourself. It is uncomfortable, but it is saying each time that you are choosing to be a safe place to share this information. But This also means you must choose to be a safe place so we must prepare them well. From birth to age 5, your child is absorbing the energy you put out in your reactions, passions, and emotional and spiritual health. This time of life is all about their safety and letting them know they have people they can trust. Most children are overwhelmingly trusting. Help them hang on to that by being a trusted, stable presence in their life. Between the ages of 6 and 10, your child is absorbing the culture of your home. They are already beginning to separate from you a bit. They want and need opportunities for freedom. They need to experience pain, pleasure, loss, fear, joy, the range of human emotions. They learn to worship what we worship. See the world through your eyes and react to their interpretation of the world in tangible ways over the following years. The ages of 11 to 17 welcome the peak of sexual interest and curiosity. This also brings along with it a stronger separation from caregivers and a struggle with their identity. They ask questions like, who am I? What do I stand for? Where am I going? This age is when most begin to date, and therefore they have an incredible need for stewardship and a strong biblical sexual ethic, and ethos. Having the talk now is usually pointless. When does harm enter their story? Unfortunately, it can be present at any of these ages. Preparation is the key. Resilience and the ability not to freeze is crucial. It is imperative that your children have the skills they need for self-regulation and knowing how to fight or to flee. You are leading them, whether you realize it or not, and whether you are intentional or not. You are their primary guide. This is more than a request. This is a call to step up and lead confidently and intentionally from a position of knowledge as you prepare yourself through education, which will give your children a better chance of success. Be that parent. Love them that much. Have those micro-conversations. Prepare them well. The world is waiting. Thank you for tuning in to the Healthy Marriage Podcast. I hope these become valuable resources, full of encouragement and challenges as you lead your family well and with confidence, and definitely not alone. Find out more about all that we do at HealingLives.com. I want to see your family, and specifically your marriage, thrive. Thank you to our sponsor, the Healthy Marriage Inner Circle. And to access my new best selling book for parents, go to ICANTSayThat.com to purchase and receive the audiobook for free. It's an honor to serve.